Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee deep in a pool of stagnation. Ah, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah! Hi, guys, my name is Stephen Smith, and this is Objectively Incorrect, One Extra. All right, so Clea, what's going on? Oh my gosh, I'm great. <laughs> All right, so what do you do? What do you know? Okay, you, what do you do for a living? What do you, what's your job? Currently, I'm a lecturer at the, the college. I oh, teach yeah, chemistry yeah. and biology. God, that sounds so nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so nerdy. Oh I am goodness. sorry. I'm a nerd. I, yes. So you were born a nerd? You were always a nerd? I was always interested in science. So biology and chemistry was biology it? Biology and chemistry. I mean, my my career path wavered a bit at first. I wanted to be a doctor. Didn't really know which specialty. You wanted it ranged, to uh-huh. Yeah, it ranged from pediatrics to forensic pathology. But no, I'm really interested more in the research. So that's what I'm gearing towards now. Forensic pathology? Correct. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> What the he- no? I'm I'm like I don't want to be the one to sound like a dummy, right? But what the heck? What is what is forensic pathology? So, um, you know, let me let me just say. Yeah, it's, you, you see, you gotta break this way down because I'm like that's way beyond my my my. So the persons who does autopsies and and stuff like mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, there are different types of pathologists. So you could be a medical pathologist. So you deal with anything that is uh, that doesn't involve foul play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be a forensic pathologist, that's a forensic, okay. right? So. Um, I was interested in that based on like some personal experiences. Uh-huh. Um, my uncle and his wife were murdered. So, oh, God. Yeah. Um, and I had a cousin who was murdered as well. Um, and just the, the whole logistics of those situations mm-hmm. um, really opened up my eyes in terms of the lack of um, a pathologist in St. Because, you know, at the time, we had to um, get that. Dr. Jones, I think his name was from, from Barbados. Barbados yeah. uh-huh. yeah. So, um, I mean, it was that specific experience that really pushed Triggered me into to thinking about um, that line of work, you know, because I always knew I wanted to be in medicine, but like I said, didn't know a specialty as yet. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to university, that kind of wavered a bit until like it wasn't an interest of mine anymore because I got this really immense love for research research uh-huh. you know so um i mean it just it's took off from there yeah <laughs> well how long how long do you have to study to be uh, a uh, to be a, a forensic pathologist like what do you have to be an actual doctor to be a pathologist? yes so you're a medical doctor so um the typical routes would be like if you're in the u.s system mm-hmm. you know you do your undergrad three to four years and then you go to medical school for four years and then you do residency um you would specialize in pathology which would probably be like an next two to three years and then forensic pathology is a subspecialty which is probably another two years so you know you add that all up and you you kind of clock in like 10 years of training <laughs> I just, I, I just, I swear to God, I just did the, the, the calculation in my head and it's like, okay, four years undergrad and then four years for medical, that's eight plus uh-huh. three years as a, as well, a residency. Even more than 10, right? That's like, that's yeah. what, that's, that's 13 years? Yep. Yep. No, man. Yep. So, so, I mean, you ain't have no other goals then. That's it for you. <laughs> or you start, like, you know, sometimes I feel like some of these things you, you have to start when you're like 
19, when you're 18, 19, somewhere there. So that by the time you're done, you're 30 and you could kind Especially of, as a woman, you know, because then we start thinking about our biological clock or we want to start a family, we want to get children. And it's like, how do you juggle all of these things? How? You know? <laughs> so how? one of my friends in, in university was telling me, you know, women don't get it all because it's either you're going to be very, very successful in your career mm-hmm. or have a sort of not mediocre but something that you're satisfied with yeah. and settle. a family you know yeah, yeah that you settle so i mean a lot of us i, I mean let me speak for myself try to aspire mm-hmm. or aspire to to do as much as you can or have it all yeah. but the the truth of the matter is sometimes it's the just time. not possible you yeah. know so and the investment too because i mean at the end of the day I could only imagine if you if you spend 13 years doing something and then you come back, you know, if you start at 24, you know, like late 30s, kind of got to fast track this relationship thing. Mm-hmm. And if you want kids, then you, you again, you got to fast track this relationship yep. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when you get a child, it's almost like you, you have a few months there where you, you, you t- you're, into, you're into that natal care situation. Yeah. Um, I watched something the other day that was so disheartening. Um, and it wasn't even to do with um with with with, with the medical sciences or being a, 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 a doctor, but these these athletes, this athlete, mm-hmm. she had a child, she had two children during her career. Um she's a long distance runner. Mm-hmm. And she said when she got pregnant the first time, they told her that they, she's now off their medical plan. Like mm-hmm. her sponsor, I think was her sponsor was Nike. And she's now off that plan, right? Oh. And even when she got the child, they said they're not going to reinstate, they're not going to continue paying you every month um, until you start performing. Performing. Wow. So she kind of had to like, and it was just difficult. And I just, I I think it's only then I realized like how unfair certain professions are toward women. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, you would never, even if a guy, a guy could go forward, have his cake and eat it yep. have the career have, have the, the kids have the kids and it doesn't slow him down on his on his road to anything he exactly. could continue pursuing the career but for a woman it's like totally society different. is like hey you know well you need to be a mom now yeah <laughs> you need to take a break from your career whereas the guy just keeps going right. you know and I don't know I don't know I don't particularly like that but so you change from being a forensic pathologist and now you do research so, so does the college allow you to do the research that you want to do or is it that you just oh, no. you've um, forgiven you've forgotten that right now definitely not forgotten but right now I have the hat of an educator uh-huh. so they unfortunately the college doesn't have the resources to facilitate the type of research that I would mm-hmm. want to do so while I was in university um, I did research my own research involving um, the extraction of citral. It's um, the component in lemongrass. So, citral? Yes. Okay. Um, that's one of the metabolites <laughs> in um, lemongrass. Uh-huh. And um, I did that because it's suspected to have some sort of anti-cycling properties for sickle cell disease. So... Um, I got that started, but I wasn't able to do what I called the second phase, which Uh is me now using my extracts with sickle blood to see what the effect would be. So that is what I want to continue doing, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, not just for sickle cell disease. uh, I I like 
translational science. So that is what I really want to go into, mm-hmm. you know, in the next part of my career. Um, so right now, like I'm just trying to establish myself and get my ducks in a row so I could move on to phase two. Phase two. Yeah. So 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 is it that um, for these kind of research projects, don't you need like like funding and, and stuff? Definitely. Definitely funding. A lab and resources. A lab, resources. You know, so um, I still need the, the, the training. So I'm trying to get in 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 formation so i could start doing my phd you know so um that would be probably another three to five years depending on um you know where it is the type mm-hmm. of program x y and z so like that's the ultimate goal mm-hmm. and with that then you know you make the necessary networking and you get your funding going and stuff like that so but i mean what you're trying to do is that's amazing so you're trying to you're trying to isolate what do you call it you isolate citral you isolate citral which is which is one a component of lemongrass yes and you you're hoping that that helps to alleviate the symptoms of sickle cell or yes so it's suspected to reverse the sickling of the red blood cell um, in sickle cell disease, right? Um, currently, right now, the research is not based on um, like plant metabolites. It's more geared to stem cell therapy and mm-hmm. immunology. You know, so it has its pros and it has its cons. So I'm more concerned with you know trying to mitigate it at a physiological level. You know, so you just went full on, one hundred percent, lecturing. No, I, I'm, I'm so serious. Like, I was just like, physiological. <laughs> to mitigate the physiological. What? Okay, we're going to break it down. <laughs> okay, so when you're thinking about physiology, you're thinking about function. function. <laughs> you're thinking about anatomy, you're thinking about the structure. So what happens in sickle cell disease is um, it's a mutation of the hemoglobin, uh-huh. which is the oxygen carrying protein in our blood cells Mm -hmm. right so what happens when you have that point mutation it's just like one letter that is changing in the the dna Uh uh um that identification purposes yes Uh that causes the the protein that is now being made which is hemoglobin to have what we call a sickle or crescent shape Mm. and because of that shape now the the red blood cell because the hemoglobin is in the red blood cell that gives it the red pigment Mm -hmm. um it now like deforms itself Mm. And it's not able to carry oxygen to its full capacity. It has a lower lifespan. So instead of the red blood cell having a lifespan of like 120 days, it now has a lifespan of 10 to 20 days. So you mm. could see the drastic um, decline in the amount of oxygen that could be carried around the, the body. Mm-hmm. No. All cells need oxygen. You cannot live without oxygen. oxygen yeah. So just imagine the implications of having decreased amounts of oxygen. Now, some of the symptoms that um, sickle cell include are stroke, acute chest syndrome. One of the, the hallmarks of sickle cell is um, vasoconstriction or uh, um, pain. Vaso, like, vasoconstriction? Yes, of the, the red blood cells. Uh-huh. Sorry, the, the vessels. 
Uh-huh. So that causes pain, like cr- like excruciating pain. Yeah. And then there's this stigma where probably we may not see it in, in the Caribbean as much, mm-hmm. but there's this stigma that sickle, um, are sicklers, I don't really like to call them that, persons with sickle, sickle cell, cell disease, disease. Mm-hmm. you know, they um, are accused of being drug addicts because they go to the, the hospital and they want the morphine or whatever, pain medication. Mm-hmm. And so... The, the empathy as it lays from the medical point of view not, is, yeah. is lacking, oh, you no. know? So uh-huh. you can't really tell somebody, well, you don't look like you're in pain mm-hmm. because this is all they know. So they have developed some sort of tolerance to the level of pain, but that doesn't mean that they're not in, in pain, pain, excruciating yeah. pain, you know? So um, that, that's it's just like one side of it. <laughs> that's, but I mean, what you just said is incredibly interesting because... I could imagine your body is going to find itself in a situation where you, you're getting painkillers, but it's less effective. effective right. So after over time, you're going to need more and more mm-hmm. painkillers, and maybe even stronger painkillers. Exactly. In order to have a similar effect, it's almost like drug a drug addict in, for real. Yeah. Like you, you may have a hit or something, and then you know, okay, this is fine. I'm good. I'm high. Right. But then the next time, it's like it's not the same. Exactly. Your, your body found a way to to deal tolerance, with it. Tolerance. Yeah. Tolerance. So, so we don't have that kind of empathy for people who have that deliberate, deliberating pain. Mm-hmm. But you don't see it in them. They're not, they're not foaming at the mouth. So it's like, okay, well, you know, you're fine. You don't need yep. any more morphine. You don't need any more of this. Leave yeah. it for somebody else. That's mm-hmm. really sad. So, it um, is. so what? So did you have? Did you have somebody in your life that kind of triggered you to want to be? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Um. Two little girls actually, they have the full blown disease. So you like you could have the full blown disease, or you could just have the trait. And the even trait, sometimes yeah. with the trait, you typically are asymptomatic, but sometimes you can still have some of the symptoms, like mm. pain and stuff like that. Um, but these two little girls, they had they they have the full blown disease, mm. you know. And um, when you do have sickle cell as well, I forgot to mention, you are no more susceptible to infectious diseases such as meningitis and um, pneumonia. The gift that keeps giving. Yeah. Terrible. Uh-huh. So, and, and these two infections could potentially be fatal. Uh-huh. And um, one of the, the girls, they had meningitis and I had meningitis when I was small. So it was, it was just a, a relatable moment when I found out all those things and at that point, to be honest, when I did find out about sickle cell with those girls, I didn't really know much about it. I've mm-hmm. heard um, what it was and stuff like that, but that really pushed me to go and research it some, some more, more yeah. you know. And then now finding out that it affects probably one with persons who have the full-blown disease, and mm-hmm. this is not American statistics. Of course, um, like one in three hundred persons. Wow, then that's 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 close. That's that, that's a that's a lot of people to have yeah. the full blown disease, and then mm. one in ten persons to have the trait. Well, this is African Americans, mm-hmm. you know. So the statistic states like uh, about a hundred thousand persons in the U.S. Black Americans have um, sickle, sickle cell, cell disease, full blown full blown disease. Yeah, sickle cell also stops you from being able to be physical, right? Like when I say physical, like you. You, you don't tend to find out the athletes who have right cell. because like you get fatigued more you get dehydrated oh, so. because the blood is yes. not transferring enough oxygen right wow so um i mean it, it's 
it affects your lifestyle because it's a chronic disease, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then your life expectancy is Greatly decreased, reduced. you know. So you would be expected to have a life probably about 45, 50. And that's yeah. it for you. Oh, that's that's really bad. So and, and, and I'm hoping that with your research um, that you could alleviate a lot of these these problems and mm-hmm. even probably help people to get to the, the level where it's no longer affecting them. Right. Hopefully that's the goal. Citra. <laughs> citra. Citra. Hopefully that's the Go goal. Go citra. <laughs>